You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's say hello to a member of that broadcast team. He was on the sidelines watching that epic contest as our pal John Harris, sideline analyst, Texans Radio Network, Texans Team Channel here on TuneIn. John, let's talk about the trade of Dwayne Brown. So you foreshadowed that move a week ago saying that he could be dealt, but let's just get into the timing. We know that deadlines are catalysts and they spur action still. Brown coming off the holdout, played in that amazing game on Sunday in Seattle. Why did it make sense for the team to deal him now? Well, it's a great question, Brian. I think think this had been in the works for a while. I think it's something that, that Dwayne had wanted for a while. I think he had gotten to a point where his, I don't know the right way of saying this is, but his kind of his, his useful life, if you will, in Houston, I think it just kind of reached his end in, in his opinion. And I think there were just things that he wanted to see a little bit differently that, that weren't going to happen here in Houston. And I think it was that and a number of things. I think he wanted the team to look at his contract. Um, and I think it was just for him, as he looked at everything over the years, he just kind of felt like it was time to move on. And, Seattle was a team that we, we've talked about this a few times, I think, about Seattle being the team that I, I, I felt like was probably targeted all along. That was probably the team closest to winning a championship that he could have gone to. Now, Philadelphia could have been the other one, but with Seattle, it's a little bit more proven. With, with Philadelphia, it's a, it's a little bit more of a calculated risk, but you like what they're doing. Um, but he just felt like Seattle was the right way to go. He's got a, a, a home out in L.A., uh, I know L.A. and Seattle aren't neighbors, but at least you're on the West Coast from that standpoint. But it, it just, Brian, was seemingly time to go for him. Now, where do the Texans go from here? Well, Chris Clark, if he comes back healthy, will be the guy. He had been the guy without Dwayne. They'll go back to Chris Clark, and it might even be the rookie, Julio Davenport. Now, does it make the Texans better in the short term? No, but hopefully with a few games uh, as they continue with Chris Clark, a guy they have experience with, that has experience with this offense, that it will be maybe not seamless, but there won't be a bunch of hills and valleys, if you will, with a guy that actually had started with Deshaun four or five weeks in a row before Dwayne got back for this game for Seattle. John, when you look at how this team played on this past Sunday, um, how can, how can I say this to you? Both, both teams had the opportunity to score, which means the defenses are out on the football field for an extended period of time, you know, or even short period of time. This team in, in, in the Houston Texans, they don't have a, an efficient running game to where they can eat more of the clock. They can eat up the clock a little bit more to keep an offense uh, like the Russell Wilsons of the world from getting on the football field and throwing for 452 yards. How can you slow that down just a little bit? Because Deshaun Watson's doing a phenomenal job of getting the ball in the end zone. I think in seven games, he has what 19 touchdowns, the most of any quarterback in the history of it. Um, that kind of football can get the ball back to the other team fast, which now keeps your defense out on the football field. Do you think that's a healthy strategy or scheme moving forward for them to be well, I think what's interesting about it, Cordell, is it's the complete opposite thing we were thinking about with this defense the last few years because the defense was the one unit that you wanted to see on the field. But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up in the way that you did because, you know, in essence, I think the question becomes, and, and a lot of people have asked it around Houston, you know, it's third and four. You should have been able to run the ball for a first down or – should you have called a pass? Should you have trusted Deshaun Watson? Because did you want your defense going back out there to have to tangle with, with Russell Wilson one more time? And 
look, we saw it in New England, and we saw it in Seattle. I think the difference with the games against New England and Seattle was against New England, we had J.J. Watt, we had Whitney Merciless, we had those two guys in the lineup. Well, you just take those two, just take two bodies out of the lineup, take out Christian Covington, and you're, you're down manpower. And I think that was one of the issues late in that game with when Russell Wilson got the ball back, that defense was gassed. Those guys have been on the field a long time. And you're right, Cordell. I think the running game has got to, it's got to get better. There's no question. And that's the thing. There have been times when it's been really good. There are times when the running game has been solid. The other day they had moments, but it's just not consistent enough right now. But I do think as the run game improves, and I think it will, and I think it has to, I think that will definitely help the defense. I mean, what's the, what's the old axiom? You know, the best uh, defenses win championships. Offense put butts in seats. Defense wins championships. Well, if you have a good offensive ground game, that can help you win championships too because that's going to keep your defense rested and ready for the third and fourth quarter. And that's where the two big losses have come in for the Texans. Uh, three losses, actually, because the Chiefs did it too in the fourth quarter. They're getting a little bit gassed, and I think that's where they're really feeling the effects of no Whitney Merciless, no J.J. Watt. And then a secondary that has been without Kevin Johnson for a significant period, and I think one of the guys that is really showing up as being a loss is A.J. Boye, who ended up going to the Jaguars. Without Boye, it's been really tough for the secondary this year, and I know that's one that people in Houston have really regretted not having A.J. Boye. Not only that, going to the Jaguars in the division. It's our weekly visit with John Harris, sideline analyst, Texans Radio Network, Texans Team Channel here on TuneIn. John, when we all got together covering those joint practices between the Patriots and the Texans in West Virginia, you mentioned that you've known Bill O'Brien since you were college classmates at Brown University. So given that relationship, what would you make of O'Brien taking count of what was going on through the post-game setting, and he was actually very candid. A lot of coaches don't address down and distance, and he said, yeah, it was on me for not staying aggressive enough with the play calling late in the game. Well, I think what's interesting about it, Brian, first of all, I wasn't surprised at all that he took, and he does this every single week, and I I applaud him for this. Because you you don't see this from NFL coaches across the board. He said, look, this team wins, the team gets credit. We lose. I take the blame, and Bill's always felt that. And, he, and that's the thing. He honestly feels that he could have done something. And, and it's interesting because I asked him about the very first drive of the game, and you guys, you guys played that clip right there of, of Will Fuller and the bomb. And he said, against Seattle, our plan going in was to, we had to attack. We had to attack. And they did. And they really attacked the game all game long until that final drive where they really kind of went into a shell. They, and, look, they got Seattle to call the timeouts. That was big. But I think when Bill O'Brien put his head on the pillow for all of about 45 minutes, I think is what the amount of sleep he got when we got home, is he thought about that very thing, not staying aggressive. Now, how many times after the Super Bowl did we say about Atlanta Falcons, well, man, they should have run the ball. And then people said, well, that's what Atlanta does. They stay aggressive and they throw it and. Eh, you could play it either way, but I think Bill O'Brien was the mantra that he had followed all game long. He did feel like I should have been more aggressive in that moment, or at a minimum, I should have had Deshaun Watson carry the football with some sort of run-pass option. And I think that's what, going forward, what I think Bill will find is that Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman, the running backs, the running game, I got Deshaun Watson. 
That's the guy I want the ball in the hands of no matter what in that situation, and I'll live and die with that guy because of all the players on the squad, even though he's a rookie, I get the feeling that Bill O'Brien trusts him more than anyone. When you watch Deshaun Watson play, do you get chills watching it because you've never seen it happen before there in Houston from the standpoint of it started off wondering if Tom Savage was going to be the guy. People saw how much you know, football and how good of football Deshaun Watson was playing, not knowing for sure if it was good enough. But then all of a sudden, you know, with that thought you had in the back of your mind that he could possibly be the starter, he's not the starter, and then he gets in and play now, and, and look how he's actually playing. I mean, he puts up over 400 yards passing two consecutive weeks at 300 yards or more. I mean, this is pretty phenomenal for, for, for a rookie, let alone uh, now looking like you're going to have to get on his back and, and ride uh, this train off until hopefully maybe winning the division or just competing to be in it uh, to maybe get a chance to go back to the postseason. The way that he's playing, the one team you're not going to want to face if the Texans can get in the playoffs is this one. And it's so, it's so interesting you ask me that because I think about that a lot. I see him around the building. And I just I sometimes have to pinch myself to say, Sean Watson plays for us. He's a Texan. And, and we've been looking for that guy for so long, uh, whether it's with the Texans or the Oilers, when the Oilers were here. I mean, we had it with Warren Moon. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, the next Warren Moon will come along. And, and then that never happened. And then it was David Carr and Sage Rosenfels and Schaub and then the litany of quarterbacks that have been in the last few years and Osweiler. It's like, you know, that next Warren Moon never came. Well, now the next Warren Moon is here, and he does things differently, but he sometimes step back and go, this young man is 22 years old. He's taking the NFL by storm. This offense has gone from being completely inept in 2016 to being the highest-scoring offense in the league under his guidance, and, and it's just amazing to see. And I see him do things now, and, and I don't want to say they, they seem routine, but the touchdown throw that he has to make it 31-27 where he spun away from the same guy twice and then found Lamar Miller, who's not even in the route. He was just leaking out of there because he had the, the play action to fake to him and had somewhere to go. He's doing things like that, and we just kind of shake our heads and go, you've got to be kidding me. We, like, he's ours? Yeah, he plays for us. Really? Like, we don't have to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mallet and Hoyer. We don't have to watch them anymore. We get to watch this every week. Yeah, it's a true, it's a true gift um, that he is here, and hopefully he'll keep it up because he's creating some kind of synergy with his receivers. The offensive line loves blocking for him. Lamar Miller, the running backs, love playing alongside of him. Um, it's, it's been a real joy to watch him. And, guys, the World Series Game 6 is going on. It's the hottest thing in Houston. The Texans could very easily have fallen by the wayside as being completely irrelevant at 3-4. and four. But because Deshaun Watson is playing the way he is for them, it's made the Texans, it's like World Series talk, Watson. World Series talk, Watson and the Texans. It's really kind of sharing equal time when the Astros should completely dominate the city. People are talking about Deshaun Watson amidst all of that, even in a loss like they had against Seattle. And that's what happens when you have a star in the making of the quarterback position. John, we appreciate the information, and we'll chat with you next week after the Texans host the Colts. Thank you, John. Absolutely, boys. Take care. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.